Well, happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today to Hope Church Online. It is an honor to bring hope into your home again this weekend. Wherever you're watching this, we want you to know we love you and we're with you. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube this morning, go ahead and light up the chats. Give us some party emojis or some clap hands because we believe the party is not the same without you. We are so excited that you're joining us today. And we've been in a series called Bounce. So if you want to, go ahead, put some bouncing balls, bouncing bunnies, Bouncing babies, bouncing dancers, whatever you want to put in there that might bounce, put it in the comments. Engage with us. My name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and today I am so excited. We have a really big announcement that next week we are opening up the doors. That's right. We're swinging wide the gates of Hope Church with precautionary measures in place, but we're having church right here next weekend. So please go to our website, check out the details, and plan your experience to Hope next week. Well, today we're getting right back. We're bouncing right back into our bounce series where we've been discovering how do I go through loss without losing? Do you know that you can go through loss without losing? I think it's so hard to ignore the fact that the whole nation is going through loss in one form or another over the past few weeks. We've been going from crisis to crisis. And as a church family, I want to tell you, we are grieving the murder of George Floyd. We are not staying silent as a church community, but fighting to promote unity and equality for everyone. As a church, we want to always be known for what we are for. And this week, I've been connecting with so many people of hope, hearing story after story of injustice and inequality. And as I've been listening, I've been learning so many new realities. And that's my posture in this season. And I'd love for you to take that same posture. Listen and learn from people that do not look like you. Listen and learn from people who have different realities from you. I've been listening and learning. You know, we've always been a multicultural church that was founded actually by an African-American pastor in Harry Jackson. He still pastors in the Baltimore, D.C. area. He has a very successful ministry. He meets with the president, uh, all the presidents. He actually connects and stands up for social issues all the time. And more than ever, we are proud that he is the founding pastor, the DNA of this place called Hope Church. We value and honor you being a vital part of this community if you are black or African-American. And we are standing with you both now and beyond this crisis. We seek to always have a consistent love and respect for you. And now more than ever, as the pastor of Hope Church, I'm resolved to give people the hope that we have found in Jesus. I want to encourage you people of hope. We have the words of life. We have the spirit of God living within us. Come on, let's use that power to unite and not divide. Let's use it to build and not destroy. Let's use it to bless and not curse. Let's use it to gather, not scatter. We have the Spirit of God within us, and we have the Spirit of God upon us. So go ahead. Let's be known for what we are for, equality and justice. Today, we're going to look at the life of a man named Saul who went through a season of loss without losing. That's what we're talking about in this series. I think it's so relevant to where our nation's at. I think it's so relevant to where we're at as a people. How do we go through loss? without losing. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 16. Let's read it together. It starts with God talking to his servant Samuel. Samuel is a seer. Samuel is the prophet of the nation of Israel. He says, tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man 
from the land of Benjamin. And you shall anoint him a commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. This is God talking to Samuel about this young man named Saul. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come up to me for a king. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, a man of whom I've spoke to you. This is the one who shall reign over my people. Now Saul has no idea what's going on. He's looking for some donkeys, actually. He doesn't even know that he's about to be anointed the king of Israel. Verse 18, so Saul draws near to Samuel and said, please tell me. Where is the seer's house? This is Saul. He's coming up to Samuel the seer, and he's saying, where's the prophet? Samuel answered Saul and said, I'm him. I'm the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, don't be anxious about what you lost. Don't be anxious about them, for they have been found. Go ahead and write in the comments, don't be anxious about what you've lost. Do not be afraid about what you lost. Go ahead. They've been taken care of. They've been found. And on whom is the desire of all of Israel? Is it not on you and on your father's house? And Saul answered and said, verse 21, am I not a Benjaminite? Benjamite? <laughs> a Benjaminite? A Benjamite? Or the smallest of all the tribes of Israel? And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me, Samuel the prophet? Why then would you tell me that I could be king when I'm the smallest of all the tribes, when I don't have anything to work with, I'm just like everybody else, I'm just looking for my donkeys. And so now you're telling me I'm going to be king? So in verse 22, Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into a hall and had them sit in the place of honor. Among those who were invited, there were about 30 people. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave to you, of which I said to you, set this apart for the king. So the cook took up the thigh with the upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is, what was kept back for you. It was set apart for you. Now eat it, for until this time it's been kept for you since I said I invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. This is a story of a king who doesn't know that he's a king. And the interesting thing about this story is it starts with something being lost. This whole bounce back series is about finding something or getting back something or bouncing back from something after a loss. And in the spring of 2020, there are so many levels of loss happening. Lives are being lost. The economy has loss. Small business, big business are all dealing with loss and cuts. People are dealing with loss, loss of jobs, loss of dreams, loss of brothers, loss of peace, loss of confidence, loss of trust. There is loss all around us and even loss within us. And I just wonder how many of us lose things along the way in life that we just accept as being lost forever. I used to be confident. I used to have passion. I used to feel like I lived life on purpose. I used to have my innocence, but something happened to me. Something shifted in me, and I just don't know what happened. I don't know what I lost. Not only do I not know what happened, I'm not even actively looking for what was taken from me. I love the story of David from last week because he went back and he took back what the enemy stole from him. He went back and he took back what was lost 
from his life. It's not that the enemy will not steal from you. It's just that the enemy can't keep what he stole from you. It doesn't mean that a depression won't take something from you. It doesn't mean that depression's not real. It doesn't mean that life won't steal from you. It just means that life can't keep what it stole. It just means that I'm going to have to not learn to live with this thing as a loss. I'm just going to go get back what was lost. I'm not going to live this half version of who I am for the rest of my life. If you take it from me, I'm coming back to get it because there is a blessing attached to every part of my freedom. That means you're going to have to give me my joy back. That means you're going to have to give me my peace back. That means you're going to have to give me my unjaded attitude back. I want my buoyancy back in the spring of 2020. You can't just take it away from me. I want it back because I wasn't born to live bitter. I wasn't born to be cynical. I wasn't born to live in fear. I was created for freedom, created for fullness, created for the life to the fullest that Jesus called me to. I want it back. Is anybody online want it back this morning? Is anybody watching saying, you can't keep it, you may have stole it, but that's mine. I'm coming back to get it because when God gave it to me, there was a blessing attached to it. And I'm not letting go of that blessing. I'm not letting go of that promise. I'm not going to live a half hearted life for the rest of my life a half me life I want the whole thing that God promised me you know in this series we've been learning to not celebrate survival when things are being stolen from us see the enemy didn't send this crisis to kill you he sent this crisis after crisis to steal from you don't celebrate survival when you're being stolen from you have no more peace you have no more joy you have no more life in you you're just barely getting by. And if we're not careful, there will be things that we lose along the way that we just resign ourselves to never finding again, never even looking for again. And so today I want to challenge you to never forget the value of what you lost. Never forget the value of what has been stolen from you. Because the enemy's camp sometimes is disguised as a divorce. The enemy's camp sometimes is disguised as I got released, let go from a job. The enemy's camp is sometimes disguised as resentment for other people's actions and bitterness. And it would be so easy for us to say, I just don't need that woman in my life, really, honestly. I don't need that job. I don't need that group of people. But it takes a special kind of person to say, I'm going back into the enemy's camp. And I'm I'm not going to settle for walking away from my spouse and my kids. I'm not going to settle for the loss of my career. I'm not going to sit back in a season of my life that changed me and shaped me. I'm going to get the wisdom connected to that loss. I'm going to find the forgiveness connected to that loss. I'm going to find the freedom that I lost in that crisis because my God told me that all things will work together for my good. I'm not giving up on it. I'm not giving up on them. I'm not giving up on me. If God has brought it together and it's not better yet, he's still working it together for my good. That means there's still something down on the inside of that situation. It's going to make me better. Don't give up on what you lost. You may have to fight for it. You may have to lose friendships over it. You may have to change your environment over it. But I'm telling you right now, don't give up on what you lost because it's Saul looking for what he's lost that reveals God's plan for his life. I want to say it again. It's Saul looking for what he lost, not just being okay with loss, but going back and looking for what he lost that reveals God's plan in his life. 
for his life. If Saul had not gone back to look what he, for what he lost in donkeys, he would have not become the king he was created to be. It was in the process of him looking for these lost donkeys that seemed to be of little or no value to anybody else, had no purpose to anybody else, but it meant something to King Saul. It meant something to him, and because it meant something to Saul, God was able to use it to set the stage for the next dimension of who he was going to be the next reality of who he really was inside. Maybe you've been abused, and it seems like a little concern to most of the people around you, most of the world around you. What your father did, what your brother did, what your auntie did, it doesn't seem to bother people that are supposed to love you, protect you, and watch out for you. Don't stop turning to Jesus and going back to find what was lost in that moment because your future can be released when you go back to find what you lost as you were a child. I'm telling you, there's freedom on the other side of you finding what was lost. Saul was looking for an ass from his past, not out of hatred, not out of bitterness, but to get better. He wasn't trying to square it away and get even. No, he was trying to find what he lost. And as he looked for what he lost, God met him before he could find it and said, Don't worry about it, Saul. I already found the donkey. But I'm so glad you came back to look because now I can give you the life that you were meant to live. Because you came back for what you lost, I'm going to show you how much brighter your future actually is. There's a king in you, Saul. And it's worth going back to look for what you lost. When we begin our text, Saul is about to give up on looking for the donkeys. And his servant says to him, listen, before we give up, there's this prophet. He's a seer. He can see things who may be able to tell us what direction to look for our donkeys in. And I love this because what it spoke to me was the value of having someone in your life who can add a valuable perspective to your search. You know, in being a pastor, I found that so many people are just searching for what they've lost in life. And so when you decide to come to Hope Church, when you decide to come into the Word of God with Pastor Nate every week, the question is, Pastor, can you add valuable perspective to my search? Because the truth is, I need someone who's going to help me get back to the version of that thing that God knew, of that thing that God saw, the version of me that life tried to take away from me in the process. All perspective, we know this, it's not good perspective. I want to say it again. All perspective is not good perspective. But there is something about having someone who adds valuable biblical perspective to your life. You may not be able to fix the problem for me, but you could widen my lens so that I can see all the possible options. Then you've added, added value to the perspective in me right? You've added value to my perspective. You should start by asking all your friendships today, asking all your relationships today, what type of perspective do you add to me? I think so much of what's happening in our nation is all about perspective and seeing through different lenses what reality really is. I can't see something I don't listen to, I don't learn from with perspective because sometimes people add perspective that is not always necessary. Sometimes people say things that they don't know what they're talking about. Perspective that is not always positive. Perspective that is not always profitable. And if you're one of those people, hey, guess what? We love you, but the question begs to be asked, what are you doing in my ear? What are you doing having access to my life? Because there is something about having someone in your life who adds a valuable perspective to your growth, 
to see you grow as a person, to see your perspective grow, to develop, to see you not be the same person you were when you started. And when you have that, you need to honor those people in your life, honor those relationships in your life, honor those leaders in your life, because they're adding a valuable perspective of what matters to your growth. Because it's valuable perspective that the servant of the Lord gave him that led him one step closer to his destiny. If you're ever going to bounce back to your original intent from God, you have to find and honor people that are adding value to your life. I didn't just come to church online today because I want to feel good. I wanted to sing songs. I came to church today because I need some perspective added to the crisis situation in front of me. I need some valuable perspective from God's word and God's people. I didn't just stop talking to certain people because I didn't love them. I just needed some different perspective. I just needed some valuable perspective. And whenever I presented my purpose and whenever I presented my dream, whenever I presented my story, you made me think that it was impossible. And so I learned that if I have to protect what God is doing in my life, I need to surround myself with valuable perspective and allow people who could only see it properly to have access to me, to have access to me. If your perspective is suffocating my purpose, I've got to keep pressing into relationships along the way until I find someone who can see, until I find a believer in God and a believer in me. I'm looking for the seer. I'm looking for Samuel and a word from God. Maybe he can help me find what I've lost so I can bounce back again. And Samuel said, you have no idea, Saul. You thought you were looking for donkeys, but I heard from God that I'm looking for a king. I need valuable perspective. I need people to see me better than I see myself. I don't just seek any kind of insight. I need someone who has prayed, submitted their vision to God, so when they look at my situation, they see the possibilities for miracles. I need valuable perspective. I need anointed perspective. Not everybody can speak into my marriage. Not everyone can speak into my dream. Not everyone can speak into my destiny. I need to hear a word from the Lord because it adds value to me, to what God's already done, what God's already doing, into what God's about to do in my life. When I hear the word of the Lord, it changes me. It makes me realize, hey, maybe I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe his grace is sufficient for my suffering. Maybe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe the weapon that is formed will not prosper in my life. Maybe I can fight a thousand by myself, but when I unify with God's people, we can put ten thousand to flight it's not too far gone we can affect change we can change our city we can change our nation we can reach our world with the good news of Jesus maybe Jesus really is the hope for humanity see I, I keep coming to Hope Church because I need some valuable perspectives some bounce back perspectives again I tune into Hope Church because someone understood that what I was searching for was valuable to me was valuable to what I care about. You know, the donkey that Saul is looking for, they add value to who he is. To most people, they're just donkeys. Let it go. Who cares? They just lost something. Who cares? But to Saul, it was valuable part of who he was. And so I need people in my life that recognize the value of what was stolen from me, what I lost. I love Hope Church because they don't shame me for losing. They don't condemn me for having a loss. They don't make me feel any worse than I already feel in my search. I love Hope Church because they accept me even in my loss. Come on, people of hope. 
I love people of hope because they help me look for what I lost. Actually caring about what I lost. They help and add value to my perspective in the search. So I can be who God has created me to be. Come on, people of hope. Now more than ever, we need to be valuing people's stories, valuing people's experiences, valuing people in their loss. We need to come around the black community. We need to come around African Americans. We need to come around people and value their loss. We can say all lives matter, everything matters, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to say black lives matter. We value the loss. Not everybody's having the same experience. So let's value the loss and just shut up about all the other things for a minute. Let's hear some perspective and say, yes, your life matters. And so Samuel, the man of God, adds value to Saul, the kid who lost something, donkeys, What most people could care less about losing. People of hope, I want to tell you, we care about what's been stolen from you. People of hope, I want to tell you, every single person of hope, we care about what has been stolen from you. We care about what you lost as a child. We care about what you lost as an adult. We care because God cares. It's not insignificant to us. And we are here to add valuable perspective to your search. And this is what I love about the text. See, Saul is looking for his donkey, so he's going to see Samuel to see if he knows where they are. And at the same time, God has told Samuel, I'm sending someone to you. Come on, people of hope. I'm sending someone to you who I'm anointing to be the king. Saul is looking for his donkeys. Samuel is looking for a king. God says, I'm sending someone to you who's going to be the king but they're just looking for their donkey. So when Saul sees Samuel, all he's thinking about is his donkeys, donkeys, donkeys. But when Samuel sees Saul, he thinks about his kingdom. Yeah, this is the moment when we realize that the search was just an excuse to get Saul in position for a bounce back, to get Saul in a position to bounce back. So Saul, it seemed like Samuel was just going about his everyday life. They said, when you see Samuel, he's going to be moving up to the high place. Doing his higher thing. So when Saul sees Samuel, it looks like he's just doing his normal thing. It looks like he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing without Saul. And then Saul has no significance. He's just going to do what he's doing without you. And Saul, you have no significance. But he doesn't know that Samuel, the prophet, was actually waiting on him. That's really good to me. Because right now, it looks like the industry is just moving on without you. Right now, it looks like the world is just turning around without you. Right now, it looks like everything is happening without you being involved. And you're the only one who has a need. But I hear God saying, it looks like it's moving without you. But in reality, it's actually waiting for you to arrive and add value that you have that you don't know you have. In reality, you are part of the solution, Saul. In reality, people need to see your courage. People are waiting for you to step out and speak up. People are waiting to love on you and for you to approach them. It looks like there must be solutions for these problems that are beyond you. But what you don't know is you are the solution. You are the exception. You might be looking for something normal like donkeys, but an abnormal position is looking for you. You might be looking for something that's normal like donkeys. But something abnormal is looking, searching, finding 
you. God has prepared something for you in this season that was preordained from before the foundations of this world. Don't run away from your calling. Don't run away from your timing. God has anointed you and appointed you for such a time as this. You were made for 2020. You were made to be a white person with a voice in 2020. You were made to be a black person with a voice in 2020. These problems are not just inconvenient. These problems are not just insignificant. These problems were preordained for you. You are the solution. This is a word for somebody who recognizes that God has already spoken a word over your life. He's already made it known to who you're going to be. So I'm going to stay in position. I'm going to stay being confident in what God has called me to for this hour. Because while it looks like everything is moving on, it's actually waiting on me. It's waiting on me to answer my call. It's waiting on me to recognize who I am. It's waiting on me. I'm not scared. I'm not going to lose my spot. I'm not going to lose my position. Nobody can steal what God has for me. It's been prepared behind the scenes before I knew about it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the good things that God has in store for those who have been called according to his purpose. What God set you apart for, no man can touch. No abuse can mess with. It's still waiting on you. That child is still waiting on me. That job is still waiting on me. That solution is still waiting on my problem. You know, that's what you got. Got to go back. Got to go back. Got to go back. Figure out what did I lose? What is lost? Because it was in the process of Saul figuring out what he lost that he was led to who he was always supposed to be. When you figure out what you lost, it will lead you to who you really are. Don't be afraid or discouraged when it looks like everything's moving on without you. And that you're just left behind, insignificant and inconsidered, right? Not considered, trying to figure out what you lost. I was supposed to graduate by now. I should have started my business by now. I'm just trying to figure out what I lost in the process. But because you have committed to figuring out what's been lost, God says, I can bless that. If you go back for what most people pass over and leave out of their lives, God says, I can give you more because I know that you won't lose it when you get it. You'll stop everything until you find it because you've decided it's to just not live without what you lost. And it was in the hunt and it was in the search that God told the prophet Samuel, wait for him. Wait for Saul, God said to Samuel. Wait for Saul. God told the prophet Samuel the day before, he's coming. There he is. He didn't tell Saul the day before. He told Samuel because he did not want to dilute Saul's vision and make him start looking for a crown when at the time he was only supposed to be looking for what he lost, which was donkeys. You might not know it, but God is getting ready to bless you, people of hope. You might not know it, but God is getting ready to promote you. You might not know it, but God is getting ready to use you in a mighty way in your generation. You might not know it, but the best is right around the corner. Saul is obsessing over what he's lost, and God is obsessing over a way to bless him. God is obsessing over a way to prosper him. He's like, oh my gosh, I just lost so much in the economy. I just lost so much in my business. I just lost so much in my family. But God is thinking, trying to get him to see, I am obsessing over a way to bless you, Saul. You're looking for what you lost. I'm looking to give you what you never thought you deserved. He said, Samuel, if you look at what you see in front of you, you'll see a desperate boy looking for a donkey. But I want you to know that what God sees is a man who can become king. What God sees is a man he can bless. So here's the thing. God has already gone ahead of you and let them know. They may not have the degree. They may not speak the language that everyone else speaks. They may be from the tribe of Benjamin, the least and the weakest. But I'm letting you know in advance 
There's someone coming, Samuel, who carries what this nation needs. And so Samuel and Saul are about to engage in their first discussion. And Saul doesn't even know who he's speaking to. He says, do you know where the seer is? The prophet Samuel says, bro, I am the seer. It's okay, but if you're going to be king, I'm going to have to help you be more discerning. If you're going to be king, you're going to have to start approaching things differently. If you're going to be king, you're going to start to walk like a king and act like a king and talk like a king. You're going to have to recognize that any person you talk to could carry you into the next dimension of your destiny. Yes, I said you need to learn to see that any person you could talk to is, could be the person that carries you to the next dimension of your destiny. You can always tell who a person is by how they speak to the people that they don't think they need. You can always tell. Samuel gets to see firsthand how Saul treats people by the way he talks to him. You can always tell who a person really is by how they speak to people they don't think they need. And so immediately, Saul's inability to recognize who Samuel is, let Samuel know, I'm going to have to start preparing this kid for kingship. And I love that because God's not just going to put you in a situation that you're not prepared for. Preparation is not an insult. It's a belief in someone. He's going to create a bridge. He's going to create a person, an opportunity, a mentor who's going to prepare you for someone you're supposed to be. You're not just connected to those people who have been pouring into your life. They're your bridge to help you train for kingship that God has already assigned to your name. Before this encounter, Saul and his servant have a discussion and say to one another, okay, if we're going to go see the seer, we got to make sure we got a gift for him so that we can honor him. And so they pull together what they have so they can have something to honor the prophet with. But what shakes them is when the seer, the prophet Samuel, begins to honor them. So they're getting a present ready for him. And Samuel kind of cuts it off. Samuel says to him, I am the seer. And before you go up, before we go up together, I want you to go before me to the high place so you can eat with me today. You came ready to honor me, but I'm coming ready to honor you. Because God showed me something. And tomorrow I will let you go and I'll let you see all that's in your heart. And then you'll figure out where the donkeys are. But then Saul immediately rejects what Samuel says in that moment. Which taught me that sometimes we are more prepared to give honor than we are to receive honor. Sometimes we're ready to give away a present instead of receive a present of honor. Because as long as Saul was the one giving, he was okay. But when Samuel said something to him that would have to stretch his capacity and make him capable of receiving, he rejected the stretch. He rejected the growth point. And I wonder how often we're willing to pour into other people and we're willing to love other people. But when it's time for us to level up within ourselves, we reject the very thing that God has sent to help us get to the new reality God has called us to be. They call it self-sabotage. They call it self-destruction. It's really easier to give than it is to receive sometimes. People who have been abused self-sabotage all the time. They think less of themselves than they should. And when someone tries to honor them, they just let it go, let it go, let it go until they do something to make sure they come down to the level of the belief that they have about themselves. Receiving challenges insecurities. That's what it does. Receiving honor challenges insecurities. Receiving challenges the areas where I have deficiencies. Receiving makes me look at the areas where I have a brokenness. But it's easier to just give to you and give to you and give to you instead of receiving in return. But Samuel recognizes that if you're going to be a king, I need to prepare you to be a king. You need to learn how to receive what you need in order to become a secure king. 
We know King Saul's story. He didn't do too well with this. He never learned this lesson. He was always operating out of the same insecurity that we see in this lesson. But Samuel said, I'm trying to teach you how to not be so insecure, how to not be so broken so that you can receive honor and move forward. Think highlier of yourself. You need someone who's going to come into your life that's going to help you get ready. Get ready. Get ready so that when you get there, you don't waste it. You don't squander it. You don't lose it. So that when you get to the kingship, you don't lose yourself in the process. So that when you get there, you know who you are well enough to lead well. Unfortunately, King Saul never got there. And that's why God appointed David as king over Israel. When I get there, I don't know about you, I want to stay. When I get to where God's created me to be, I want to be healed enough to stay there. And so I need someone who recognizes that I'm not prepared yet. Again, not an insult. It's a compliment. And so the first thing that Samuel does is he challenges him to receive honor, to receive the high seat at the table. Samuel says, walk up ahead of me. Go up before me. That means you're going to walk ahead of me. And at the time, Samuel is the highest priest there is in the land. But he says to Saul, I want you to step in front of me. He's showing him what a secure person looks like. I want you to start walking like a king. I want you to start talking differently. I want you to stop walking like you're looking for something that's lost because God has already given you what's been lost. It's time for you to step up and walk like a king. I think that sometimes we can be so consumed with just getting back what we lost that we're not prepared for the overflow connected to God's favor on our lives. Because God doesn't just give you what you lost. He gives you exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. Come on, Hope Church. Believe it and receive it today in Jesus' name. The real question is, will you be prepared for the training that comes with the exceedingly and the abundantly great reward? Because sometimes we just want what's lost so that we can go back to who we were before we were challenged. We just want what we lost so we can go back to who we were before we were called higher. But God says, I'm going to give you what you lost, but you can't go back to who you were. There's an overflow connected to my favor. You thought you were here looking for one thing, but I got you here to receive another thing. And so I want you to know, I want you to know, can you learn to sit at the king's table? What I want to know is, can you learn to step up to another level? of freedom in your life. I want to know, will you open the books in the middle of the night and start reading and studying to prepare for the next thing? I want to know, can you live under the pressure of being a king and receiving it? I understand you just wanted a job. You just wanted your donkeys back, but I gave you a promotion. All I need to know, Saul, is can you step up to the challenge in front of you? Come on, people of hope. God believes in us. God is expecting us to step up in this time of loss and adversity to leverage our loss without losing. And I don't know about you, but I won't be the reason that I get left behind. I'm not going to be the thing that blocks God's blessing in my life. If God's going to take me into that overflow, I'm going to make sure that I know how to handle the overflow when he gives it to me because I've been prepared. I've been trained. I've been studying. I'm going to learn how to walk like a king. I'm going to learn how to talk like a king. I'm going to learn how to eat like a king. God says if I'm a king, then I must be what he says. I must be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I must be a part of a royal priesthood. I must be a difference maker in my generation. I must be a solution to a problem-filled world. I must be love where there is hatred. That's who I am. That's what I am. If God keeps blessing me in spite of the mess that I am and all the things that I've lost, then I'm going to give him something to work with. I'm going to give him every tool in my arsenal. I'm going to give him every resource in my hand. I'm going to give him my wholehearted effort. 
It's time to start living like someone who's being used by God to lead and change a city. It's time to start changing your mindset from a victim to a victor. Someone who lost to a winner who's ready to bless. And recognize that God doesn't just want to give you what you lost. I want to show you who I saw when you were looking for what you lost. I love this because what God sees on a young man is what he really is. What God saw before the tragedy, before the injustice, before the trauma hit you and that bitterness started to swell up inside of you. What God saw before they stole that sweet heart, that's who you really are. And it may make you uncomfortable to go back there and look for it. It may mean you have to change your circle because you're around a whole bunch of bitter people now. But I'm telling you that you're going to be exposed to for what is coming at you. It's going to be worth it. It would be a disservice if God just gave you what you lost and sent Saul back to the tribe of Benjamin with his donkeys. God says, I can do better than that. Come on, people of hope. Do we believe that God can do better than that? Do we believe that God can give us more than just this donkey back? I can show you what you lost, and I can also show you who you are. I can show you why you had to lose what you lost. I can show you how things all work together for your good. I could just stop at returning what you lost, but I'm too good of a God for that. I'm too big for that. I'm too great for that. I'm too wonderful for that. I'm too strategic to just give you what you lost. I'm the God of more than enough. I'm the God of abundance. And this is it. This is when Saul begins to walk ahead. Saul begins to step up in life. He begins to level up in life. And then when they get to the feast, the prophet Samuel says to him, I want you to go sit in the seat of honor among those who were invited. All these 30 people, these delegates, these really important people, I want you to sit in a room where nobody knows what's going on except for you and for me. He says there's about 30 people in the room. They're very important people. And these 30 people have no idea that Saul is about to be king. I want you to be okay with everyone not knowing who you are except for you and me. You need to be okay with everyone not understanding the grace and the anointing that is on your life. But don't worry. Soon enough, everybody will see what God saw. Soon enough, everybody will respect what God respects. But can you be okay if nobody knows Saul? Can you be okay if nobody knows about it except you and God? You might not be ready for it to be exposed anyway. But God will sit you on the th in the room. He will sit you in the place you know you don't belong to preview what the room feels like before the room knows who you are. Because I want you to see the character of all these people around you before they know that you're king. Like I said, people talk differently to you if they don't think they need you. I want you to see the character in the room. But the room's not going to know who you are. They're not going to know who you are. I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with someone that didn't really know who you were until they knew who you were, and you say to yourself, before you knew who I was, you didn't treat me that well, but now that you know who I am, I see you, but that's all right. I forgive you, right? Because when you didn't know who I was, I knew who I was. Because when you were unsure about who I was, I wasn't unsure about who I was. So everyone's sitting down at the table, and Saul is sitting there with a the servant, and Samuel says to the cook, bring him the good piece of meat that I told you to set apart for him. So the cook took up the thigh with the upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. I love it. God told Samuel, there he is. Here he is. He's coming. This is Saul. And now God, Samuel's telling Saul, here it is. What's been kept back. It was set apart for you. It was set apart for you. As if you needed any more confirmation that I was expecting you. 
that I was joyfully anticipating your arrival. I just wanted you to know that I didn't just think about you walking like a king. I didn't just think about you sitting at a king's table. I also took into consideration that you need to know what it's like to eat like a king. And when you learn how to eat like a king, it means that you expect that there is something set apart with my name on it. There is something in this world that God has for me. There is something in this marriage that isn't over yet. There is something in this business that God has appointed me for. There is something in this industry that has been set apart in anticipation of my arrival. So I'm not just walking like a king. I'm not just sitting like a king. I'm, not, I'm, I'm eating like a king. I'm looking for that thing that's been set apart. What God has ready for you is for you. I want to tell you one more time. What God has ready for you is for you. Saul goes from lost donkeys to lavish distinction and dominion. He goes from lost donkeys to dominion over a kingdom. Because what God has set apart for you is ready for you to walk out. No man can take it from you. What God has for you is for you. But the reality is, is that Saul would have never found what he had been set apart for. He would never found it had he not made it his mission to figure out what he had lost. And maybe you're watching this this morning. And up until this point, you were kind of proud of the fact that you learned to live with what you lost. You're kind of proud of the fact that you don't need her anymore. You don't need his acceptance anymore. You don't need whatever, whatever from anybody or anything, and it's lost, and you learn to live with what you lost. But as you've been leaning in today, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. There's something in you that made you want to go back and grab that innocence again, to go back and gain that confidence again, that made you want to go back and get that joy again, get that freedom again. There was something in me that made me believe I want to go back and walk in that forgiveness forgiveness because I lost. I lost some things along the way. You recognize that maybe that pain actually did steal something from me. Maybe that injustice took something from me. Maybe that divorce stole more of me than I want to acknowledge. Maybe that rape, maybe that abortion has stolen from me. Can we just have a real conversation at Hope Church Online this morning? Maybe that friendship tearing apart really did matter to me. Maybe having to bury my parent, it did take something from me. I just don't trust the way I used to trust. I don't love the way I used to love. I don't talk to God the way I used to talk to God. I don't talk to people the way I used to talk to people. I've lost something in me. And I'm willing to learn with what I've, to live with what I lost. But the truth is, I want that part back. I want that freedom back. Because you cannot learn to live like a king until you first discover what has been lost, what has been stolen, and decide, I'm going back, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to bounce back, and I'm going to get it. If you're watching online today, and you're ready to start this search, I want you to text, find hope, one word, find hope, to 94090. If you want to get that joy back, if you want to go back and find what's been stolen from you, text, find hope, one word, find hope, to 94090. We would love to talk to God with you. We would love to help you step into the freedom from the past that is holding you back. You are finding what you lost and stepping into freedom today in Jesus' name. We're believing that for you. We're believing that with you. We actually care about your donkeys. We actually care about the injustice that was done to you. And we would love to pray with you this morning. We'd love to talk to God with you this morning. Just go ahead, text, find hope. Somebody about to find what's been missing in their life. 
Come on, Hope Church. Somebody's about to take back what's been stolen from them. Somebody's about to break a generational curse off of their lives. Somebody's about to start a generational blessing in Jesus' name. There are some things that the enemy tried to take from us. So I'm going back into that situation. I'm going back into those memories. I'm going back into that pain. And I'm looking for the wisdom connected to my wounds. I'm looking for the purpose connected to my pain. I'm receiving healing and forgiveness today in Jesus' name. Come on, he has what I'm looking for, and he sees what I cannot see. Where there once was struggle, I'm going to see strength. Where I once was dominated, I'm going to have freedom and dominate. Where there once was insecurity and fear, I'm going to see freedom and faith be my portion. For every person who's decided to go back and get their joy, a well is going to start to spring up in that dry place. And there will be more than enough for your freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, we receive this word this morning. Allow it to take root and produce fruit on the inside of you today. You know, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus today, maybe you knew him, but you've walked away from him. Maybe you've never asked him into your life, never asked him into your heart. You never trusted him with the things that you've lost. And today you want him to be the Lord of your life. Go ahead right now, text I say yes, one word, I say yes to 94090. And I'd love for you to just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I've heard you. You've spoken to my heart today. I receive your word. Come into my life. I will no longer tolerate the absence of what you promised. Thank you for taking on all of my shortcomings, all of my weakness, everything I've lost so that I could live found and free. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me a new creation. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, let it be so. Amen to that. Come on. Hey, if you just made that decision to follow Jesus, Go ahead and text, I say yes, to 94090. God is for you. God is with you. And church, we believe that the best is still yet to come. Go ahead. Give them a shout of praise in the chats if you receive it this morning. We will see you next Sunday in person right here at Hope Church Live. We can't wait to worship with you as a church. See you in seven short days. Hey everybody, thanks for being a part. My name is Nate, and if you like what you just heard, make sure you don't miss anything from Hope Church. Subscribe and follow NY Hope Church on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope that the content you hear here is not just sensational, but also a substantial part of your growth. You're amazing, and you belong here.